welcome to the Tiny House Ideas podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Tiny House Ideas podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode and gained a bit of an insight into what you can expect from the podcast and the sort of topics we'll be discussing. Um, so as promised, we've got our first guest today. I'm joined by Joseph from Neo Builders in LA and his company focuses on building ADUs or accessory dwelling units. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the benefits of converting your garage space or any garden buildings that you have and how it can sort of supplement your income, how you can get some passive income from it. And also about the whole process in terms of zoning, in terms of permits, things like that. And we're also going to be discussing the US housing market and obviously how the events of 2020 so far have affected it. So obviously with COVID-19, um, how that has affected the rental and the sale values of properties, not just in LA, but all over the world. So stay tuned to hear the figures and to learn more about ADUs. Welcome to the Tiny House Ideas podcast, the show where we talk about how to live a more fulfilling life with less. My name's Harry alvarez Garman, and I've got tons of exciting guests lined up for you, including authors, entrepreneurs, and tiny house owners. If you love minimalism, sustainable living, personal development, and everything in between, then you're in the right place. On the show, we'll be talking about how you can do more of what you love, how to turn your passion into a career, and how to live more sustainably. Hi guys, my name is Joseph Perez. I am an ADU builder, a tiny home builder in Los Angeles and in Southern California. We build tiny homes in the backyard of main homes. Yeah, there's a new law that came out in January 20, and it pretty much states that all single family homeowners can add extra units uh, in their backyard. So a lot of them are tiny spaces because what we currently have is we have a lot of garages. So we're pretty much turning the back garage and the carports into tiny home living. Cool. So it's sort of on the same line as a tiny house, but it's an accessory dwelling unit that you can sort of put on your property already. Um, and obviously that's a great way people can make income. They can send, send it as a rental property, um, have family and friends, everything. So so many sort of different functions for it, I guess. Yeah. So when you have a backyard, a granny flat or an ADU in your backyard, there's so many ways of using it. Most people right now are either renting them out, whether that's long-term rentals or Airbnb, or they're giving them to, um, you know, their older parents to live with them or their younger children that are just in college. So it it kind of is very fluid, I would say. And there's so many different options, which is something I really like. Yeah, so many different routes that you can go down and people can sort of customize it to make it work for them and their situation and their area and everything. Definitely, definitely. So, so you're based in LA and you said that the laws have been passed there that allow accessory dwelling units to be legal and tablets on your property. Is that the same for the rest of the US or? So it, it pretty much started, and this is kind of the life cycle that happened. It started in Oregon where it was basement apartments and, and Oregon kind of allowed more basement apartments, you know, better regulations. You can rent them out. California started in 2013, but it was very hard to get these things permitted from a building and safety aspect. And then in 2017, a big chunk, uh, and they allowed us to do a lot more things, but the fees and the city fees were still very high. Now in January of 2020, the city laws are on our side, the building codes are on our side, and uh, there's not that many fees. So a lot of more people think it's, it's much easier to start, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. And there's, there's so many reasons. So, I mean, like you say, it's a great way to sort of get more income, to have a rental property on the side, yeah, add value to your house, um, sort of being close to family and friends. And there's just so many different reasons why you would sort of go for an ADU. Um, definitely, definitely. Uh, 
as well as ADUs, you also do JADUs, which is a junior accessory dwelling unit, am I right? Yeah, so ADUs started, like I said, in 2013. They got a yeah. big jump in 2017, and now it's very easy to make them in 2020. Uh, yeah. One of the new laws in 2020 was you can actually have two units. So one is an ADU, accessory dwelling unit, and one is a junior ADU. The junior ADU and the ADU are different. ADUs have to have a completely separate almost everything, completely separate utilities, completely separate sewer lines. Uh, they must have their own bathroom, one hour fire rated wall. So okay. if they're attached to the house, I mean, they, they have to be completely separate. They get a new address, okay. separate unit completely. The JADU is something different. They're saying, California is now saying that you can take a piece of your existing house and, and make it its own separate uh, unit. Now, it can have a couple of different things. It can have a shared space. It can have a shared space with the main house. It can uh, share a space with the bathroom. The ADU, you have to have your own bathroom. The JADU, you can have a, a shared bathroom with the main house. In the JADU, you can have a kitchen, but you can't have any gas in the kitchen. Everything has to be electric. And it also has to be under 500 square feet, which I believe is 45 square meters. Yeah, around that. So basically, the main distinction you'd say is an accessory dwelling unit has its sort of its its own entity in the fact that it has the same kitchen, bathroom, and sort of it's a separate unit. Whereas the JADU can sort of be part of your home, and that's sort of better for Airbnb and stuff, I guess. Whereas separate unit being an ADU. Right, right, and that that's what a lot of us are seeing for JADUs. It's going a lot towards rentals. Because if you already have that room and you want to move your mom into it, it would be much easier to move your mom into your house. But uh, people that want a house hack, the JADU is something very, very special for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And house hacking, especially sort of in the economic climate that we're in at the moment, is just an option that a lot of people are looking at to sort of generate income from a house that they already have to generate a passive income. So it's sort of open to a lot of people that have the space that they're not using already. Is that that sort of a great option. Sure. Yeah. House hacking, I think, is really special. Like you said, yeah. the climate that we're in, house prices in California haven't fell because of uh, COVID-19, but rent prices have definitely fell. A lot of people cannot pay rent, which is very yeah. sad to see. I think uh, the JADUs and the ADUs make rentable a little bit more affordable. And the reason why I say that is it's not super affordable to rent an ADU, especially a brand new ADU. But the, the perks that you get from a sustainability perspective on an ADU is so much better than the perks you get on a multifamily. So house hacking is something very phenomenal. Me and a lot of friends, I, you know, we just bought a house and okay. I, I don't think I can afford to live in a house by myself and pay the yeah. mortgage. The, the house that I currently have right now is a three bedroom, two bathroom. It's 1,800 square feet. Very, very okay. big for me. But what yeah. we did, we built an ADU. I currently live in the ADU and I rent out the main house uh, to a family. The family obviously gets a little bit cheaper rent because I live on the property and I that live in the sense. ADU. Uh, they lose their garage, so they get a little bit cheaper rent, but uh, they live in the house and, and they're loving it, I think. And for me, I'm the homeowner. I live in the ADU. I live in the garage in, in, in the it was an existing garage and now I live in it, I pay almost no rent and they're yeah. paying off my mortgage. So it's something very, very special for new investors. I know a lot of people want to build, want to buy that, that first home and it's something very special to them. But I'm, I'm thinking that ADU allows younger people with good credit to buy homes. You live, you own or occupant, you live in the ADU for a year, maybe 18 months. 
Yeah. And then, and then you rent out the main house, it will pay off your mortgage and you'll live rent free, uh, which is something really, really special for, for, you know, younger investors that, that are okay with living in a small unit uh, just yeah. for the time being. Exactly. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it's sort of good that you say you're able rather than sort of you have to live in the house and rent out the ADU, you can actually live in the ADU while still owning the property and rent out the property, which is also another great option for people. I think a lot of people don't actually know about. So it's sort of great to, to put that idea out there as well. Sure. And just, of course, that's what I'm doing. The majority yeah. of people are building, they have, a, they have a family and they have maybe two or three kids. Their garage is filled with junk and storage. So they take out all of their junk, you know, they go, it, it goes back to that sustainability and that, that tiny house living where you don't need a garage filled with things. So you build a unit in there, then you rent it out to a person like me, 15, mm-hmm. 16, $1,700 a month. It doesn't pay off your whole mortgage, but it definitely helps with bills. It helps with half of your mortgage maybe. And you know, you haven't, you have a neighbor close by but uh, you are the homeowner and and you know you kind of make the rules and the decisions and and you know you have someone helping you with your mortgage exactly so it's sort of nice because obviously i know a lot of tiny houses are typically quite sort of far away from big cities and sort of quite off grid but it's nice to sort of have that sense of community in a way if you want it with someone living on your property but then also you've both got space from each other so the family that you speak about they've obviously got their own space their own space to do things but if they need to sort of pop over and see someone or need a hand looking after the children or whatever then obviously you've got a sense of community but still separation which I think a lot of people really look for. I think I think you bring up a good point about how I help the main house yeah. Um, I currently do help the main house, but I'll give you just an example of one client that we did. They're a Spanish-speaking uh, family. The family has four children. Both the mother and the father both work, yeah. and you know they have younger children, so they need a babysitter here and there. But they, they in the ADU lives a grandmother. She's 65 years old. She's she's not related by blood to this family. She's just a renter. And she gets a bit cheaper rent, but she cooks dinner for the kids sometimes. She's a babysitter and and she's also Spanish speaking. So it's kind of like having a grandma uh, that's living in this ADU on call. Exactly. So yeah, and, and it helps the grandma it helps the grandma a ton because the other option for the grandma is to live alone or to live in a nursing home. And in America, nursing homes are very, very expensive. And I don't think the grandma feels safe living alone in an apartment. So she, she both feels safe because the kids check up on her and the adults check up on her, but also she feels that, that she's, she's able to give back because she's watching the kids and she cooks for the kids here and there. So it's kind of, it's such a beautiful thing that I see both parties, both parties help each other. Yeah, so it sort of gives her a sense of fulfillment. And that's the same for sort of speaking about older people sort of not wanting to be by themselves or isolated. That sort of goes for younger people as well. People that have just moved out from home, that have just left college, that are sort of looking for a cheaper place to stay whilst also sort of being able to sort of give something back and feel part of a community and sort of make contact. It sort of works for younger people, for older people, for people who are sort of working and can't afford a typical house or rent or a mortgage so it's a great option for sort of so many different age ranges that's sort of open to so many different age ranges for more accessible housing that's sort of yeah an easier price yeah look the the price the price is very important but i think the isolation is very very important i see a lot of these tiny home people whether they live in in uh buses or whether they live off the grid i Mm. feel like that's very lonely 
And yeah. I, I fully understand the off the grid and I fully understand living for free. And I'm a big, big, tiny home advocate, but the living alone is a very scary thing. So here I tell people, you build an ADU, you live in the ADU, you live tiny, you live very sustainable, but you're not lonely because you're in an urban city. You know, you're not out in the forest or you're not out driving around. You're still urban, you're still working, but you know, you live with someone. So you have neighbors, you interact with your neighbors, they help you, you help them. So it's, it's very community-based living, I believe. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. And also sort of bringing it to the tiny houses, so many tiny houses that are off the grid, that are sort of self-sustaining, that sort of have these composting toilets and things like that. And they sort of so unplugged from society and the grid. Um, it sort of makes it a more sort of, you could say, easier to live in or with more luxuries. So an ADU, you've got a full functioning kitchen that is plugged into the grid. You've got a toilet that is a real toilet, not a composting one. And it's just so many luxuries like that, that people sometimes put off going into a tiny house into a sort of standard tiny house because they don't like those aspects of living but therefore an ADU is a great option for them because they're still being able to sort of live a minimal sustainable lifestyle but they still have the home comforts that they would look for in a house. Definitely Harry I, I think yeah. that ADUs it's for sure a tiny home we consider it a tiny home it's, yeah. le it's usually in California the ones that we build are usually less than 400 square feet for uh, 40 square meters. Definitely we're living in a tiny home, but it's, a, it's the luxury version. It's the 2020 version. So yeah. we're building 2020 homes. It's a mm. full kitchen. You have an oven, you have a micro hood, you have a mm. fridge, everything is full functioning. But on the other hand is you have solar power on top. You're living off the grid. You're, you're at net zero electricity, and, but you have beautiful windows, beautiful flooring. Obviously, some clients are, are more sustainable than others, but I think it's, it's something very special about the luxury version of living tiny. And yeah. if you really want to live tiny and live off the grid and live in a bus or live, you know, in, in, in build your own home, I believe that that's very, very, very nice. But if you're not ready to take that first step, then you should maybe try to live in an ADU and then see how it feels to live in a small space. And then from there, live exactly. Get used to it for a little bit, and then go and then go and move into that trailer or into that bus or into um, you know any any tinier home. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's almost a luxury <coughs> micro apartment for people that are like we say, young, old, middle aged. It just sort of works perfectly with all the home comforts and luxuries, but you're still living tiny, which I think is yeah. something that people do look for, which is really important. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, so, so talk me through, you obviously build these ADUs, you just you take care of the whole process from the design to the final product, sort of run me through how that would work. Say if I was a client coming to you saying I wanted my garage to be converted into a place for someone to live, um, what would sort of be the process? Sure. So obviously there's some rules and regulations that we have to discuss, but if we're just going to talk about a garage, it's pretty simplized. The garage already has a shell. So if a client calls me, I ask them the size, I ask them the location, stuff of that sort. I'm pretty much the designer and the permit runner. You know, I always wanted to be an architect. I tell everyone I come from a, a family of builders. I always, I never wanted to be a builder. I always wanted to be an architect. So um, I do the design, I do the permit running. And, and from there, you know, uh, the floor plan, Title 24, which everything is to be discussed. You know, these are California laws. My brother 
it will take us about six weeks to uh, permit it. Uh, once you get the permits from the city, then we start building. Building process is uh, usually about eight weeks, anywhere between six and eight weeks. So we try to move them very, very quickly. But just to start, I mean, new foundation. Usually these garages have very bad foundations. We'll go, we'll, we'll restructure the framing. Again, we're building a 2020 home. So all of the framing needs to, need, needs to be brand new. The plumbing, the electricity, new outlets everywhere, new recess lights. We'll close it off with drywall. Uh, we'll have inspections on every single period. Once we have drywall up, we'll, you know, like a normal build, we'll start mudding, we'll start taping, we'll start painting. We'll work on the kitchen and the bathroom. Usually our kitchens are anywhere between 10 and 14 linear feet. Everything is very small. So uh, a very small fridge, 24 inch fridge, maybe a 26 fridge. Oven is usually a 24 oven. The sink is 24 inches. It, we have a microwave usually. So we do micro hoods. One of the California laws is all the, the, all of the smells and all of the heat and all of the exhaust from the kitchen has to be uh, exhausted out. So we do a microwave and a hood together. It gives plenty of room for counter space. We try to design the kitchen very luxurious, but very tiny home because we don't have too much yeah. space, either a one bedroom or a studio. The bathroom is usually 45 square feet, which is one of the most luxurious parts about our ADUs. Uh, a lot of people ask us, how come we don't do tiny, tiny bathrooms? And I really believe that the heart of a house is in the kitchen and in the bathroom. Yeah. So we do really nice kitchens. That's always my first step. My second step is a really nice bathroom. And then depending on if you want to do a one bedroom or a studio, uh, usually my, my, my bedrooms are about 90 square feet or 100 square feet. And that's very tiny. So it doesn't have too much space for storage. Obviously, you have a nice closet. But your bed is usually a full bed or a queen bed if you really want to push it. And then the living room and the living room and, and kitchen is kind of uh, an open space concept. But kitchen is very important to me. Bathroom is very important. So we have those two luxuries. And then we kind of discuss the living room and the room, either as a studio or a one or, um, you know, small and small. It just depends yeah. on the style of the client. Um, and obviously for the kitchens, I like what you said about how you've got all of the appliances that people need and everything's luxurious to a high spec. <clears throat> and I think the concept, um, a lot of people that live tiny share the idea that they'd rather have less items, but better items. So they can sort of think of ideas. You don't need a kitchen that's got six appliances when you've got one in an ADU that can do it properly and that can do it well. So rather than spend $50 on five things, you're going to spend 250 on one that will do it properly and even sometimes less and it will sort of make your life easier, clear up some space and um, multifunctional and that sort of, that is an important factor as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sort of teaches people to be more resourceful and to use different things in, in their better ways. Sure. And, and like I said, there is building codes that make us have an oven. So some clients don't want to have an oven. They don't want to cook. And there are building codes that make, that are stressed on what we need and what we don't need. We really try to give everyone what they need to fully live in the ADU. We don't want people to have to go into the backyard, into the, uh, to, into the uh, main house. And I didn't even say we also have washer dryers in the unit as well. So again, some clients think that they need a 32-inch washer dryer. If you just have a 24-inch washer dryer, you get a higher spec. You know, 
it's it's easy. It's that's that's what all you need. All you need for ADUs, you know, if you're gonna have two people, all you need is 24 inches. You don't need the 32 inch ovens, and you don't need the huge refrigerators. You live tiny. You have everything that makes sense that you need in a smaller version. Exactly. And that sort of obviously reduces your costs, it reduces your electricity bill, and also it frees up space for things that might be more important to people. So you can obviously, uh, if someone chooses to build with you, they can customise where they want their storage, how they want it. If they've got, say, a big shoe collection, you can cater for that with the space that's saved from doing a sort of 24-inch rather than 32 on, on those sort of things. Definitely, definitely. Um, have you got any examples of things that people have asked you for before, if they've said um, anything in particular they'd like to make some space for that they'd like in their ADU? It's funny you bring up shoes because actually I was going to oh, say really? that. Yeah. So in, if you can kind of picture it, the a, this ADU was a studio. It's four rooms, uh, four walls. One wall was dedicated to the kitchen. One wall was dedicated to the bathroom. So we have two main walls. So one wall, usually in this perspective, one of the walls would just be, you know, the bedroom, kind of the corner of the bedroom. Uh, or the TV room. This guy told me he doesn't care about TV. He doesn't like anything, no PlayStation, no TVs. He wants a full shelf. And usually when people tell me full shelves, I'm thinking books. Okay, this yeah. guy wants a library. This guy was he like, was, I need yeah. my shoe collection. So we're thinking 20, 20 feet by 10 feet high, just shoe collection. Wow. So it's it was about 200 square feet of just shoes. We built him Very kind of good. shelving, almost exactly like it would be in the library. And it was just a shoe collection. It was something super, yeah, super special. And um, and again, these are again, these are tiny homes and this guy was not renting it. He was building it for his son. Um, and his son is is not an NBA player, but you know, he likes the NBA shoes and his son was a little bit younger and he makes money with these shoes. So this is something that he wanted. And like I say, it's a tiny space, but we have we have about 150 square feet to play with. So if you don't want a TV room or if you don't want a living room, uh, we have that 150 square feet to to do whatever you kind of, you know, whatever your heart desires. Yeah. And that's nice. The flexibility to sort of really make it your own from the initial process and then sort of live with it. And you can sort of enjoy the space and live in it how you want to, which a lot of people want to do. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Um, I've got some more questions here that I'll just read through and I can ask you. So first of all, what was your sort of background coming into this? It's a fairly, it's a fairly new business that you've got here, the ADUs. And so how did it all start? Yeah, so I'll just start. Since I was young, my dad, my uncle, my brother, they're all California general contractors, which means they can build homes. Obviously, in 2008, they were building multi-million dollar homes and selling you know, huge 5,000 square foot houses and yeah. even, even bigger, like our family did a 9,000 square foot house. Wow. So I come from these very, very big audacious homes back when the um, McMillionaires used to be out there and it was cheap to buy a home. I, I kind of lowered that standard. I, I lived in Copenhagen. I studied in uh, Copenhagen Business School and where I lived, Copenhagen is very small, very sustainable. There's very little cars. Everyone only rides bikes. You only get the space. You know, it's very urban. So the space is very expensive. So you only kind of get the rent is astronomical for people that don't live there, that, that are not citizens. So I lived, I lived in a 15 meter room 
with with a, a, a kitchen that was used by 10 others. So everyone had their own room, everyone had their own bathroom, and the kitchen was a mixed space. So I really, it, it's, it's, I think by far one of the nicest places and, and the most maybe homey or community-based places I've ever lived because the kitchen was huge, but my room was very small. So I lived, I lived kind of very little things. My bathroom was only four, four square meters or even less, probably three square meters, very small shower, very small toilet, very small vanity. Uh, my room was even tinier, but I had one big window and I had a desk and I had a small bed and it was almost perfect for me because I would do my work and my personal stuff in my room. But most of the time I would be hanging out in the kitchen and either watching TV or hanging out on the couch or uh, conversing with others. I mean, the dining room table was big enough for 15 so we can even have friends, the kitchen you can have six or seven people working in the kitchen at the same time. And, and I kind of just learned to live tiny. Yeah. So when I came back to LA and we were still, our family was still building and all of these general contractors were still building three and four and $5 million homes. I got a little discouraged because I wanted to live tiny. I wanted to build tiny. And uh, then what happened was my brother built an ADU. Me and my brother designed an ADU for his own property. And I lived there for six months and I thought it was the best idea. This was back in 2018 when the laws were very hard, but because we were builders, we were like, okay, this is a good idea. Let's try it on our own property before we try it on other people's properties. So we yeah. built in and I lived there and I saw the mistakes that we made. We made a bigger kitchen, you know, we didn't give enough space for living. So, but it was our first project and, and, and we spent a lot of money and the fees were very expensive. But then gradually, my aunt wanted one and the neighbor wanted one and everyone kind of wanted one. Slowly but surely, I moved away to a bigger place. And I always missed the small place. And then when 2020 came, we've already done four or five projects. And we were just excited to do more. And we were getting calls left and right. And... And then I just started moving full force into ADUs. I started writing blogs about it. I started getting infatuated with them, Airbnbs, make your own money, rental income. And, and since 2020, obviously COVID also hit in 2020, which mm. it did two things. The COVID-19 did two things. The first thing it did was <clears throat> it explained to, it, it brought a lot of people down. So a lot of people yeah. can't buy $3 million homes anymore. So even if you were planning on buying a $3 million home, I, I think people are scared to buy that right now, mm. even though the market is really, really high. Yeah, It's uncertain, but the market is still strong, but people are uncertain about their jobs, about their livelihood. It brought a lot of people down to earth that they can't have a four or $5,000 mortgage. Uh, because even if you're making a lot of money, having a $5,000 mortgage is very, very expensive for some people. So a lot of people wanted help with their mortgage. ADUs is one of the best investments. The only downside of the ADU is that you have someone living on your property. But if you're okay with that, then it's helping with your mortgage. So the, the two types of people that are calling me in 2020 are number one investors who are, they have anyways, a lot of homes and they want to make more money. Or the people that I like a little bit more because I get to stylize and design more is the homeowners that, that now understand, okay, my son 
is renting a $2,000 apartment in city center. Let's bring him, let's build him an ADU. Let's let him live there. And the $2,000 that he's going to pay in rent, he'll just pay us a thousand dollars and he'll live in a much nicer home and he'll live closer to us. But you know, it helps us with our mortgage. So all of these things come into play. So 2020 really shaped a lot of people's minds about downgrading, upgrading to tiny, and, and it really changed the perspective. So we just came in. I like tiny homes anyways. We just came in at the right time, I believe. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. And talking about it from an investment standpoint, what is the ROI, the return on investment of if you were to look to build an ADU on your property, how many years would it take to pay off or things like it's that? It's phenomenal. It's it? really, 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 it's, I think it might be the best investment any person on a single family home can make. And, and I'll, I explain it in two ways. Number one, first and foremost, once you build it and you get your house reappraised, it pays for itself off. So just a small example, if you live in a million dollar home and you build an ADU and it costs you $100,000 just for easy numbers, your house is now worth 1.2. And that's data, that's facts. That's only in LA. I only want to speak in Los Angeles because that's my market. I know in San Diego, it's a little bit more. In in San Francisco, it's a little bit more. In some places like Bakersfield and in other rural places, it doesn't go up that much. But in Los Angeles, it very much goes up. So that's number one. So it's if you have the credit, it's a free project. That's number one. Yeah, that's it's completely if you have the credit, if you have the money to build it, then you get your house reappraised. It's free because they, they will reappraise it for even more than you uh, even more than you spent on building it. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is their ROI per month. Is very, very strong because, again, depends which neighborhood and you come from London, you know how important living in Chelsea is or living in North London is or living in, you know, the difference in prices in LA, every neighborhood has different prices for rent and different prices for home value. So just a standard house, garage conversions, 400 square feet, anywhere between $1,400 all the way to $2,500. So just Mm -hmm. for example, Culver city, it's an arts district. There's food courts everywhere. Everything is walkable. You know, there's there's different film productions going on there, uh, different high techs going on over there. You can easily get $2,500 a month on your ADU. Uh, and in, maybe in the valley, somewhere a little bit more rural, somewhere a little bit far from the city where you still need a car to get into the city, maybe $1,500, $1,600 a month. But let's just say on the high end, it costs you $100,000 and it costs a lot less. But let's just say on the high end, uh, and you take out a loan, if you take out a loan at three to 4%, it, this thing is going to cost you about $500 a month extra on your mortgage. So if you're, if, if you're paying extra on your mortgage, $500 a month for the next 30 years, and you're getting anywhere between $1,500 and $2,500 a month, then cash flow into your pocket is anywhere between $1,000 and $2,000 per month, which means that if, if the whole thing costs you $100,000 and you're making, let's say, $1,000 a month, you're going to pay this thing off in 10 years, in, in uh, 100 months, which is yeah. eight years. If yeah. you're putting $2,000 in your pocket, it's 50 months. 
So it's, it's almost crazy to me how good of an investment this is. Where in the world can you, where in the world can you give someone a hundred thousand dollars and make $2,000 a month, every single month? Exactly. I mean, it beats the stock market, it beats everything, doesn't it? I believe so. And also yeah. it's on your property. So your, your property value goes up as well. So if you wanted to build an ADU and sell your house one day later, you could and still make money. Exactly. Yeah. So if, if you're happy to sort of have, like you say, the only downside is having someone live on your property or be living with someone. As long as you're happy with that, then it's really a no brainer because your house price goes up, you get an extra rental income and it's passive income. Because I mean, once you've expended the initial amount, then it's just sort of, it just comes back to you without having to do any extra work. Yeah. Mm. And that's what's beautiful. What, what we're seeing now, the people that build in 2017, what we're seeing now is they've paid it off. They either have completely you know, the full $2,500 a completely passive income, or now they're using it as a fun space because mm -hmm. their kids are getting older. So they're adding an extra bedroom or they use it as a pool room or they use it as an office. So I think once you kind of pass that in the, uh, that you paid it off, now you have an extra space to either rent it and get that passive income or use it as a, a, an extra room in your house. So I think it's, exactly. it's very beautiful either way. Yeah, no, it really is. It's the versatility that you can sort of use it to rent. And then also you can have an extra room in your house. You can have more space, a pool room, everything we said about that, which is just, I mean, so many people would love that. It would be a luxury. But with, with, it, such, with it being such a great investment opportunity anyway, it would be a no-brainer really. And obviously people, I'm sure, um, if they came to you and said, look, I wouldn't like an ADU, but I'd like you to convert my garage into a pool room. Obviously, that's something you guys can do as well. Sure. And then I'll kind of just talk about this one client that we have. It's actually in Beverly Hills. If you wow, can believe okay. it. So, so we are building, of course, we're building ADUs in rural places where they need extra income. But even in Beverly Hills, the high society of Beverly Hills, we're building right. ADUs. This guy is, is actually an engineer and he works for a, a big firm, but he also COVID hit them very hard. So no one is allowed to work in the office. So everyone is working from home. He is building an ADU and he's building an office for himself. I don't think he needs the rental income. He definitely is not taking out a loan to build it. He's paying all in cash. And, but he's building an office for himself. And I think that's super, super cool because never, California never let you build offices by yourself. He has a separate entrance to bring clients in. He has a separate address, like an extra PO box that he can send mail and send his clients to. So they're not going to his main house. And he is renting out, he, he's building himself an office. He's designing an office for himself. And I think that's very special. And if he ever, he told me, if he ever goes back to work, he doesn't think he'll rent it out, but he thinks he'll do kind of like a WeWork situation where startups in Beverly Hills want to rent out office spaces and he'll rent out the office spaces per month to uh, startups. And I think yeah, that's okay. something even cooler because he, maybe he doesn't want people there long-term but it's a very cool idea to have a startup, you know, almost like a Facebook or an Amazon or an Apple. We all know that they opened up in garages. Yeah. It's, I think it's something very, very cool and very interesting. And we'll see it happen more and more. Yeah, I think it is such a brilliant concept. And now, especially as we say, because of COVID hitting this year, um, more people are looking for ways that they can sort of work from home, that they can sort of share their space and just make the most of everything that they already have is just something people are looking to do. Yeah. And the other example I'll tell you is LA is, of course, film and music is, is a big industry here. 
I've had big famous rappers, not famous, but let's call them B-list rappers that say, hey, I spent so much money on studio time that I just want to build a studio in my garage. And you can also build a studio and, and a sound room and loads of other things in your garage. So I think it's something very, very special just for the versatility of it, because now he can use it as a recording studio, but he can also rent it out for his friends as a, or give it out as a recording studio. So it's yeah. something really, really special. And I've also seen Airbnbs post recording studios. And today with all of these apps, there's, there's an app for every single thing. I'm sure there's an app for recording studios that you can rent out for cheap. So this guy is really building a business for himself, saving money for himself, but also building for others and renting to others. So I think the versatility of it is, is unlimited. All right. So, so far on the podcast, we've been speaking about LA and California exclusively. Um, can you tell me a bit about the regulations for ADUs in the rest of the US? Sure. So ADU regulations, I mean, we saw it happening in uh, Oregon and in Portland and Washington. Now it's in California. Uh, we're seeing a lot go into Nevada and Arizona. We're seeing some things happen in the East Coast. I mean, like I tell everyone, California is a state that's you know, leading and what, what they did was they gave us a mandate on how to do it. So we okay. see it happen all the time where, you know, you're in uh, New York and you're living in, in an apartment in a basement. And, and that, this is something, it's not new, but California is really a big city, a big state that said, this is how we do it. Follow the rules and we'll allow you to rent it. While other places are renting it kind of illegally and uh, kind of just doing their own thing. So I think it's it's something very, very special what California is doing because they're giving us the regulations. Do it, do it safe, and we'll allow you to rent it as opposed to other states that are saying, hey, we don't want you to do it, but if you do it, we're not going to persecute you. Mm. So obviously, as you say, LA and California have been given the regulations now and it's becoming a more prominent thing here. But obviously, other states in future will be able to use you guys as a case study. And I'm sure it will sort of grow and move across the country as well in future, especially obviously everything that we said has been going on this year. More states are sort of going to be open to this idea of ADUs. Sure. And again, the reason why it works so well in L.A. and the reason why everyone is hearing about it in L.A. is because we're a very urban city. Mm. So there's not a lot of space. So what we're pretty much doing is taking one parcel of land and cutting into two, and then you have two yeah. uh, places to live. But that's because houses here are very, very tight. We see it a lot in LA. We see it a lot in San Diego and San Francisco. I think we'll see it in big cities like Portland, for example. We see it a lot in Portland. I think maybe we'll see it in Miami. I think maybe we'll see it uh, maybe in Austin, Texas, or in Dallas. Maybe we'll see it in New York. Maybe we'll see it in... Uh, it, it just depends, but it needs to be a very urban city. And it needs to be a city where there's not a lot of space and there's a booming economy. Mm. So middle America, we're not super stressed. But if we take Chicago, for example, if we take Nashville, for example, these are places where the city is really growing. Mm. And because the city is growing uh, and rent is very expensive, we need to be able to cut parcels in half, make smaller homes make sustainable homes. So I think this is something that's very big. California is booming because a lot of people want to live here and a lot of people want cheaper rent and beautiful housing. 
No, that makes sense because obviously, yeah, where land is at a premium and where housing is sort of so dense, it makes sense to sort of take advantage of what is already there. I'm just going to give a quick mention to Tiny House Ideas. So Tiny House Ideas is my business, it's my company. It's been what I've been working on for the last five years in the long term and especially over lockdown over the last year or so, I've really put some time, energy and effort into building this business. So Tiny House Ideas obviously started with an Instagram page and it has grown and developed into the business that it is today. It's the perfect free platform for anyone interested in the Tiny House movement in the Tiny House community. First of all, all of the, all of the images that I feature on Instagram, you can find out more information, you can get a full fact file over on the website. As well as that, there's a really cool tool called Find Me A Builder where for free, I will personally pair a few tiny house builders with you based on your requirements and that will save you going through hours and hours of searching through Google results. Take the stress out of it for you really and obviously it's no obligation. I'll send you a few recommendations and it's up to you what you do with them. Another section of the website is the approved builders section. So I've been working with a few tiny house builders that I really stand behind, that I see the value in their work. So there's, there's a profile there to sort of tell you more about them and so you can contact them directly if you've got any jobs that you're interested in. And finally on the website there's a section for tiny house vacations so if you guys are looking to go away and to try the tiny house movement to try the tiny house living um, but don't know if you want to commit to it if you don't want to live there just yet then a vacation is a really really great way to sort of get acclimatized to learn more about it and you can do that by clicking on the vacations tab of the tiny house ideas website and learning more and searching through some amazing holiday homes so obviously you said it's sort of when you do a project you need to sort of cut the land in half or cut the garage or sets a separate unit how does that work in terms of gardens that's actually one of the questions we got from a follower on instagram sort of they were wondering they were to you how that affect their garden or how much garden would the accessory drilling unit have two options Number one, I do not, me personally as a designer, I do not allow anyone to make ADUs without backdo a backyard space because I think it doesn't feel, it feels, it takes away all of the, the homey feeling because if you just live in a garage, it's not, it doesn't feel comfortable. So I always give a backyard space. Even if we have to lose some home space, I always give them a backyard space. Yeah. That being yeah. said, how much space? So I think there's two options. Option one is cut the land in half. The main house gets uh, uh, half of the backyard space and the ADU gets half of it. And maybe the entrance is, the entrance to the garage is from the alleyway. So, you know, you pretty much cut the parcel in half. You put a vinyl fence in the middle. You put a six foot fence in the middle. You have two completely, you have a duplex, two completely separate units. That's number one. The other option is, let's say you have a pool, right? And you don't have too much backyard space and the entrances don't work out well. So I say, hey, lift together, share the backyard space. Obviously the main house uh, gets more space, but we don't have to put walls up, you know? We kind of, everyone kind of mixes and flows. The guy living in the ADU walks, walks past the main house and says hello to everyone, just like a neighbor would. Maybe he gets pool access. Maybe maybe he gets full pool access at all times or full barbecue access at all times. Maybe he only gets one hour a day. You know, maybe he gets the pool only on Saturdays. Whatever needs to happen to make both parties feel comfortable. But definitely the ADU should get a backyard. The only question, and it's a design question. The only question is, should it be a mixed use or should it be a completely separate unit? And I think... I think that's a design question for your personal house. It just depends on where the garage is um, or where you want to build the new, the new construction ADU. Yeah, so it sort of varies from each build. So it's up, it's up to the person. There's no sort of set uh, requirements. So it's sort of good for people to hear that they can 
live flexibly if they are on a really good term with the person that they're living uh, next to, or you can obviously work it out for each situation, which is which is good to hear. Okay, so another question that we've had sent in from a follower, they're asking if you were to build an ADU or live in an ADU, is it legally the same property or are you able to sort of sell that on and buy it separately or is it just still all part of the same house? That's a really great question. Every city, so first of all, California made all the mandates and then every city kind of has its own rules. So let's just talk about LA. I know LA the most. <clears throat> in LA, you're going to get another address. So for example, if your house is 123 Main Street, you're going to get 1235 Main Street, just for a small example. Yeah. Currently, you are not, currently it's the same parcel, but you're not, allowed to, uh, you, you're not allowed to cut the parcel. You don't get two parcels. You get two addresses. Um, I think in the future, once we get to 2025, where there's going to be another uh, new laws, and in 2030, where we know there's going to be new laws, uh, we might be able to cut it and then sell them separate. But in the current ordinance of California and the city of uh, L.A., you cannot separately sell the property. Okay. So obviously it's more of an investment in sort of creating, like we said, rental properties, granny flat, <laughs> rather than sort of having it as a duplex that you can sort of buy and sell as a real estate investment. Okay, cool. Um, I've got some more questions from the followers here. Um, this is just to clear up the confusion as well. Um, there was someone asking about the sort of the difference between tiny houses and ADUs. I think it's just important to say that an ADU can be a tiny house, but not all tiny houses are ADUs. Um, so obviously just clear that up. So, and the other thing, not all ADUs are tiny homes either, because yeah. the, law, the law mandates, again, I've built 270 square feet, which you can tell me how much that is in, in square meters, but 25 square meters. But I've also built the biggest ADUs that are possibly allowed, which is 1,200 square feet which is, you know, a, a, a 120 square meters, which is not a yeah. tiny home. Exactly. So yeah. it, kind of, it kind of varies, you know. Yeah. So the ADUs that I mostly build, I believe they're tiny homes, but a lot of, a lot of people don't believe in what we believe and, and they want the biggest ADU. So keep yeah. that in mind as well. Someone's saying sounds like a great idea. It gives you more freedom to sort of do what you love. Um, and we've touched on that already briefly before, saying that having a smaller space gives you the time, money, freedom to sort of, be able to create more experiences so sort of living tiny but exploring big and sort of being able to sort of choose how you spend your time because you don't have to spend the whole time cleaning you don't have to spend the whole time maintaining things it sort of really fits into that lifestyle that a lot of people are going for sure i think the answer is 100 percent yes because whatever you do if you live in the adu your your uh rent or mortgage is going to be much cheaper which means you have more money and more, uh, and more you know, time and more everything to go do exploring. So what I see a lot of people doing is, well, they build an ADU and then they rent out both units and then they go explore and they go live uh, abroad, which is, you know, of course, that's everyone's dream. That's my dream. Maybe that's your dream. I, I you know, want to cut down as much work as I can so I can go, you know, around the world, let's call it. But even even if you're just in the urban society, once you have a tiny home, and, and I'm not one to speak, you know, everyone knows this. It, once you live, one, once you live in a small space, then your cooking is, your cleaning is very quick. Your cooking is very quick. You don't have too much money for. You're, you're not buying tons of groceries and, and tons of things. You have more money. You have more space, and, and that just allows you to 
go surfing once a week or, or whatever you want to do. Me, yeah. for example, you know, I live in a 350 square foot ADU. I, I don't have too much stuff. So all I do for cleaning is make my bed and sweep up a little bit. You know, everything is very 2020. So everything is clean. There's no rugs. You know, everything is pretty easy. So me as a single, I live by myself. It's a very easy situation. You know, it doesn't get that dirty. So yes, I have more time. My fridge is kind of small, so I don't buy too many groceries. I cook. Let's say I cook. The most thing, the, the biggest thing that I happened to me about living tiny is I cook, let's call it more sustainable. So I don't buy a thousand different types of, of veggies. I buy only the veggies that I eat. I don't buy two loaves of breads. I just buy bagels. Eggs, I don't buy 12 eggs anymore. I just buy six eggs at a time. So these are these are kind of the things that I did. Yeah. And the thing is as well, that's teaching people to, again, like we said earlier, live um, with more purpose and plan things better so you can sort of optimize the space because some people would sort of say, well, that's the drawback, but it's not. It's completely the opposite. It's a positive being able to create your own schedule to be able to do things in your own way and just have have more freedom which is which is really important then I've got another question here this goes back to um earlier on we were speaking about your build process and how you sort of go through the permits through the building through handing it over the six to eight week time frame that you said obviously is a really short time frame that's really good that you can get it done so quickly how do you optimize your time how do you sort of fit everything in that's a really really good question I have I, there's of course I have a lot of people that are, are not doing the same thing that I'm doing, but let's say there's a lot of builders that are build, better builders than me. What the big mistake is that they do is they push off projects. Let's say they take a lot of projects and then they, it takes them a long time to finish projects. Yeah. I kind of figured out the scenario and my group figured out the scenario where we can finish an ADU super quick, especially if it's a garage conversion because everything, I do it almost exactly the same. So I don't want to say I'm building cookie cutter homes because everything is, is very uh, custom, custom yeah. kitchen, custom bathroom, everything is custom. But I know the sewer line by heart. I know all the laws by heart. All the laws are new. So people are scared about taking laws, are, are, are scared about taking ADU projects and they don't know the laws. I know every single law. So I, I teach the inspectors the law for ADUs. That's number one. The permitting process, I've got it to a T. So a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, contractors will do the permitting process and they'll say we're a design and build, but they sub out the design parts, right? And I, I know the design parts and, and the permitting part by heart. So yeah. I, I get that very quickly. The city knows my drawings already, so I move, I move very, very quick. But as for the building, I mean, the sewer line goes number one. I know the sewer line people. I know exactly what we're doing and how long everything should take. So there's no question marks. You know, I, my, none, of my, none, of my, uh, none of my workers can say, oh, this is taking too long because this is all I do. So I know exactly how long it takes. Yeah. So I think we optimize that. And I, I come from a business, uh, a business uh, degree. So I, I kind of, you know, optimizing time frame is very important to me yeah no that makes sense brilliant and um, we're coming up to the hour mark now are you still all right to sort of carry on we've got some more questions from the followers for another 10 minutes or so if you're happy sure if they're followers i love them amazing brilliant stuff 
Um, I'm sure everyone will be really glad to hear all their questions answered and to learn a lot more. Um, and it's good to hear that obviously what sets you apart from other builders, especially in your area and California and stuff, is the fact that you know the laws so well and you can really streamline the process, whereas others sort of face a lot of hurdles with all these new laws and permits and everything. So it's sort of, that's what sets you apart, obviously. Here we go. We've got um, advice for anyone wanting to build an ADU. So people who are sort of contemplating it, sitting on the fence, um, would you just sort of go for it, sort of look into it, do your research and then how would you proceed? Definitely, definitely do your research. I mean, this is a big, I, I, I say it that it's, it's a small project, but it's, it's a definitely, it's a big project and it's going to take time and, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a headache, but if you've never done construction, I don't think you understand what you're going through. A lot of people think it's a very small, uh, a very small project, but we're pretty much taking apart your garage and building you a new home. Mm. So I think definitely do your research, understand how much it costs, budget accordingly. But the first step is getting architectural plans. So if you want to call an architect that, that knows ADUs, don't just, don't just Google top architects in my area. Google ADU architects if you're in California because there's a lot of misunderstanding. Don't go for the cheapest architect. Go for the architect that knows ADUs because he's going to save you time and he's going to save you money. If you're looking for a design and build, please come to Neo Builders. But uh, you don't always need a design and build. Sometimes it's better to go to an architect first and then bid out to other construction or, or contractors. Um, yeah. The other thing is know why you're building an ADU. If you're building it for rent, so draw it up and, and build it according to rent. If Not you're building it for your mother or, or, or your son, then design it according to their perspective. Yeah, exactly. Always look for comps in the area. If, if a studio goes for $2,000 a month, but a one-bedroom goes for $2,200 a month, then it's more worth it to go for a, a one-bedroom. There's a lot of things. And, and just speak to people. Speak to architects. Speak to contractors. Speak to loan officers. Everyone wants to give you their information. I love giving out information. And, and you know, you'll make the right decision. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, speaking about the customization, um, which we've touched on, it's just another one of the brilliant reasons why you can sort of make it your own. That draws a lot of people to it. And also speaking about getting the right architect and doing it right the first time. I think, especially because if you're looking at ADUs as an option for housing, it's cheaper than a conventional house. It therefore uh -huh. makes more sense to sort of pay for it properly, do it properly, and then you've only got to do it once. So rather than sort of spending a small amount on an architect and a builder who's sort of going to do a kind of rubbish job it's worth sort of investing properly have someone that's going to do it properly and then you don't need to worry there's no headaches in the future right that'll save you a ton of money yeah exactly let's have a look at some more questions here and um, what are your future plans for the business yeah so of course we're a new business uh, and we're taking on new projects all the time i want to number one is one of our mission state statements is education sustainability living tiny so that's, you know, that's our big mission statement. I don't really want to go to bigger projects, but again, I'm not the general contractor. I am just an employee. So the general contractor also has his idea of what he wants to do. I really strongly believe ADUs are going to be big. I want to move out of Los Angeles and we're slowly doing that. We're going a little bit east. We're going a little bit south. We're going a little bit west. So more ADUs for me, per that's the business for me personally. I would love to, you know, get a little bit more political 
talk about sustainable housing, maybe get some government grants that will help us build and kind of take the sustainability part out of it. So a lot of people want to build basic ADUs and I want to build ADUs that have electric car chargers. I want to build ADUs with solar power, you know, all of these things help. And I want to kind of be more political on that side where, hey, government, we're building sustainable homes. Give us a little bit of money so we can build all of our homes sustainably. Exactly. And then you can sort of future proof as well. Like you say, electric car charging, um, the solar panels, it's sort of preparing it now for what we know, we all know is sort of going to be coming in the next 10, 15 years. So that's why now especially is a great time to sort of get into this. And obviously interest rates are so low at the moment for loans. So that sort of makes it a good opportunity to do that. And with people sort of looking at ways to generate more income, it sort of makes perfect sense. And also, obviously, you were speaking about um, one of your mission statements being sort of inform people and to teach people and build a community. Um, your Instagram page is a great place for that. You've got lots of tips on there for house hacking and ADUs. You've also got a blog with loads of information that people can go and have a look at after they listen to this. It's a great place to check out. Thank you. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense to, to teach people about this. And then you can see where the project goes in future. Yeah, I think education is the most important. I mean, it, it's a brand new, it's brand new codes, it's brand new laws. It's a great investment, and a lot of people don't even know about this investment. So yeah. uh, I think it's it's very important to teach people and then let them make the informed decision. Uh, yeah. Most people that contact me have been telling me, "Hey, I've been watching your YouTube or Instagram or reading your blogs since February, and I just decided yeah. to do it now." And I love that. I really, really do. And then a lot right. of people that call me and say, "Hey, I used a builder that doesn't know what he's talking about." can you please come here and give us what you think should happen? And, and they're almost asking me to be, you know, not even a builder. They're asking me to, to be like this concierge service where I'm telling them what I think. And, yeah. and I think that's important because I gave them the education and they only found me later once they know they have a problem. So I want to stop people from having yeah. problems in the beginning, teach them everything they know and let them make an informed decision. That's the beauty of it. I mean, with your business having you do the Instagram videos coming on a podcast like this sort of puts your face up there and that sort of sells sells and creates projects anyway it's sort of a lot better than having the competitors just sort of got a website and you don't really connect with it it's nice to sort of have personality nowadays yeah question here about how big an ADU can be but I think you said earlier it was 1200 square feet is the maximum size the biggest ADU in California could be 1200 uh, square feet for JADUs, the biggest you can have is, is 500 square feet. Okay. And then on the other end of the spectrum, what's the smallest then for people that are listening? So look, there's no real law for the smallest. I've done them at 270 square feet, which is the smallest I've done. I think yeah. anything less than 270 is just not worth it. You're going to spend more money on fees and, and, uh, and you know, city and architect than you're actually going to get. Like we're not building 100 square feet ADUs. So I would say, let's say 250 square feet at the smallest and 1,200 square feet at the largest. Brilliant. Okay, perfect. Living in a small space, what tricks do you sort of use to, to make it feel like it's bigger? Do you sort of put mirrors in strategic locations just to sort of, and natural light obviously can help make the space feel bigger than it is? Natural light is number one. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, as an architect, we use the light compass. And I think that's very important high ceilings because anyways we're usually taking off the roof so usually we do nine foot ceilings or 10 foot ceilings which is really really nice large windows 
sometimes in garages by the fire department, there's some walls where we can't put windows. So we make sure to put big windows where we can put windows for the outdoor spaces. Instead of putting a door, we put a sliding glass door. We really, really like that we're working a lot with is the long eye view, where as soon as you walk into, if it's a one bedroom, just for an example, when you walk into your main house, your main entrance, you can see through into the into the into the um, into the bed uh, into the bedroom, and then you can also see into the backyard. So okay. if all three doors are open, you can kind of get that the wind. You can get yeah. the long view. So these are things that are very important to us. Some projects are nicer than other projects, but a lot of the existing conditions matter. Yeah, exactly. Well, having the long eye view makes the space feel bigger and also it sort of makes it easier for people that aren't necessarily used to living in a small space um, acclimatized better because they feel like they're in a bigger place. How, how would you say, have you had people feedback to you on sort of how it is for them who have downsized into an ADU, for example, how have they sort of acclimatized to it? Whenever I read a lot of the reviews on the Airbnbs, because a lot of my clients do Airbnbs, people yeah. love tiny homes because it's perfect. It's, it, I, I really promise it's, we make a perfect space, give or take, yeah. and everything you need is tiny. So they don't need more than that. Yeah. As for the people living in it, I think two things. Sometimes they say it's very nice and then they, 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 they come into it with an open head and they don't come in with four suitcases. They only come in with two suitcases and, and they, they really, really enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. No, that makes perfect sense. So basically to summarize, obviously now 2020, everything that's been going on, ADUs, accessory dwelling units are sort of a great thing for people that are looking to have a space to rent out, people that are looking to have family near to them, that are people that are looking to sort of take advantage of the property they've got because obviously um, I know especially in LA there's a housing shortage at the moment and that sort of paired with interest rates that are so low there's sort of people are skeptical about selling their houses they sort of want to to hold on to them for the time being because there's there's not enough places to buy or for the right price or anything so if you have a house now is a great time to invest the initial investment you get a great ROI as we said so as long as you're happy with having someone close to you it makes sort of perfect sense it's a no-brainer to look into doing an ADU and obviously also people that are traveling, people that are uh, visiting a city for a summer or something and looking at Airbnb, short-term rentals. Also consider um, looking at ADUs, obviously, because people look at apartments, hotels and stuff, but works perfectly. So it sort of caters to so many different people. And now, now's a great time to do it. Thank you, Harry. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. And everyone, yeah. go check out um, Neo Builders on Instagram. We've got the blog. We'll put all the links in the description. So yeah, thanks very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tiny House Ideas podcast. If you've got any questions, any suggestions, any questions for future episodes, any ideas, then please do get in touch. Instagram's easiest way to reach me at Tiny House Ideas. If you'd like to support the podcast, as I've mentioned, it's available on Patreon to support and we've got a private Discord group there where we can have the discussion. We can really break down the podcast, talk about each episode, talk about upcoming episodes and also watch all of the new releases early.